Welcome to the inaugural season of the Bruin Shaver Sports Podcast, where for 30 minutes once a week, we talk about all the things that make us love sports, the games, the rivalries, and of course, the personalities. We are stoked that you're listening. And now, here's Ben and Darren. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us today. As always, uh, I am here. Uh, my name is Ben, and I am joined by my co-host, uh, Darren. And my name for this week is Darren with the Brown Bag of Shame. How does that, does that work as a nickname, Darren Brown Bag of Shame? I appreciate you letting me borrow uh, the, uh, the the brown bag. Uh, I definitely earned it. And, you know, some feedback from last week's show, I, I heard that maybe I laughed and, and enjoyed you wearing a brown bag a little too much. So I think it's come back to me now. Uh, I would much rather be wearing a um, – 10 gallon hat that we got from Cavenders, but it looks like instead I'm wearing a 10 gallon trash bag for the week. Uh, and again, well earned on my part, just for the record. But <laughs> I feel your pain, brother. I, I, I've been there, and <laughs> I think anybody that's made picks has been there. Oh, oh absolutely. So we'll get to that talking that game a little bit in a, in a few minutes because that, that really was a good game. Um, yes. And so, uh, but we want to give a shout out to our listeners uh, from Louisiana, Texas, Tennessee, Georgia, Kentucky, Virginia, New Jersey, Alabama, South Carolina, North Carolina, New York, and Oklahoma. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this show each week. Uh, tell your friends about it. And, and we're still wondering, what is up with Mississippi? We talk about Old Miss or Mississippi State every show, and uh, we don't have any listeners from that state. So, you know anybody in those states, uh, tell them, tune in. Tell them to tune in, and we'll show some love. We definitely will talk about uh, uh, Lane Kiffin uh, any and, and every opportunity we have. And, of course, if, if you don't just uh, a- absolutely love Mike Leach, then, then I, I, I don't know what's wrong with you. So you know you're going to get some love for your coach, which team you uh, in in Mississippi. So tell them to join in and, and see what we have to say. And in addition to the podcast every week, uh, we now have a Twitter account at Brew and Shavers, uh, which is updated regularly. And uh, so you can go there and get more information. Make sure you follow us. That's at Brew and Shavers. And we have a blog uh, with a, a top 30 power rankings. Darren, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we decided uh, we decided to put together a blog just just to do a few things. Number one, that's where you can go and, and easily pick up uh, episodes. Uh, in addition to using uh, Apple or Spotify or Google, whatever you do, but but also uh, we wanted to uh, have a place where we could share some more thoughts and, and just uh, put a, put a little bit more explanation and and specifically have. Our, our own version of a, of a top 25, we're actually calling it our top 30 power index. And, and what that is basically is we're going to list each week uh, the top 30 teams according to uh, our own formula. Uh, it's, it's really just a, an, an, an averaging, uh, a weighted average of several different uh, statistical rankings, uh, other power indexes, and also um, 
recruiting rankings. Uh, there's there's about five five different pieces that that all put together our puzzle in uh, some weighted averages, and we'll we'll put that out there each week. Um, and it'll be on the on the blog each week. It'll pro- it, most likely it'll be every Tuesday that it's out there uh, because one of the um, one of the sources that we use doesn't update until late Monday night, early Tuesday morning. So that's the final piece that we're waiting on each week. But it'll it'll be out at some point Tuesday every week. And of course, we will tweet that out as soon as it's out there. Uh, and it that is at. Uh, and we'll we tweet this a link to this as well, but it's the Brew Shavers Sports Podcast And there will also be some other things. We've got some other things working. Talk to some to to, to some people to to get them to contribute. But we're we're looking to have a lot of fun and, and a lot of interaction through uh, both the Twitter account and uh, the blog as well. So if you are a lover of sports, particularly college football. Uh, some great opportunities there. In addition to listening, you can go to the Twitter account and go to the blog. Um, you know, as far as research and analytics, I tell you, it's hard to beat Darren. So if, if you really are interested in, in getting a little deeper into um, what's going on in college football with rankings and, and, and things like that, then be sure to check out the blog and, and Darren's going to be updating that regularly. So let's talk about some brand new news. I mean, very recent, and that is uh, we have a firing. Uh, Texas Co- Texas Tech has fired their head coach Matt Wells only in his third season. Um, not a stellar ranking, seven and sixteen in Big Twelve games. Uh, he struggled at Texas Tech. I think he came from Utah State. Derek, what what do you think about this? Uh, you know, it, it's one of those things that it, it's it's almost how you kind of saw the season shaking out. And we talked about this early, uh, early on as well. I think so many people, uh, some, some had seasons that were so bad last year uh, that they, they, that they went ahead and made a move anyway. But I, I think so many people already had jobs on the line going into last season. And with the craziness that was last season, I think some administrations said, okay, let's, let's give this, let's see if we can give it another year. Let's see, let's at least see if we can see the ship starting to write. And I think, you know, UConn, it was the first week of the, the season. USC was the, the first couple of weeks and, and you've kind of seen those pieces fall. And I think that's exactly just like you said, things really never got off the ground with, with Matt Wells at Texas tech. He never had an, a good big 12 record uh, and, and just never, it never looked like things Things were going in the right direction, and I think administration just decided now's the time. Yeah, finishing last year uh, four and six, um, mm-hmm. not in a good spot, and and this year just you know even at, at five and three, it 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 didn't things were not trending in a good way. No. Uh, so in addition to uh, the news out of Texas Tech and, and, and Lubbock, and it's going to be interesting to see who they, they go after, uh, we have more news regarding conference realignments. And the Big 12, which kind of set all this conference realignment into motion when Oklahoma and Texas said, hey, bye, we're going, we're going to the SEC. Well, the Big 12 has now struck back. Uh, adding Cincinnati, UCF, Houston from the American Athletic Conference, and also uh, an independent in BYU. Um, 
so, which was a which was a big thing as the BYU finally jumped in. That that'll be interesting to see them in a conference year in and year out. Yeah, are you listening, Notre Dame football? Are you listening? <laughs> Please so, listen. <laughs> but that's not that's not the only realignment news. Uh, even more recent news uh, revolves around the American Athletic Conference, which lost these teams to the Big Twelve. Well, now they've added six schools from Conference USA, Alabama, Birmingham, Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, North Texas, Rice, and Texas San Antonio. And so we have a lot of motion going on here. And one of the things that I know caught your attention, Darren, since we are particularly here in Louisiana and so close to Ruston, home of Louisiana Tech, was that Louisiana Tech kind of got left out. Which, which was really surprising to me. If you look at uh, Louisiana Tech's track record over the last several several years with Skip Holtz, you know they they have had some really good years. And even though this year has been a little bit of a disappointment, you know they are just a, a, a couple of you know missed field goal, a, a missed field goal, and an unbelievable hail mary. You know, you know they're they're just some missteps away from from having a much better season, and they pretty much are that way year in and year out. And, and, you know, for them to be sitting now in a, in a conference uh, or, or in the, rather in the Sun Belt, where, uh, or no, for them to be sitting now in Conference USA with what looks like only five teams and most of the conversation that, that I'm seeing now is, or, or have been hearing and, and seeing today is, they might end up grabbing a couple of regional people and really kind of doing a dive into FCS to see if they can talk some teams into coming up to be a part of the conference. And I feel like that's kind of an unfortunate spot uh, for, uh, for them, for Louisiana tech to be in. Uh, and it really does surprise me that in all of this, you know, with the American athletic and, and that th- they didn't get, they weren't brought to the table as part of the conversation. It really is surprising. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll have to see where it goes from here. I don't think we're done with conference realignments. No, not at all. And so we will be following that news and uh, talk about it as, as more realignment happens. I do think, though, Darren, and, 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 I, and do you agree that for right now the SEC is good with 16 teams? Yes, absolutely. I don't know. If you look at it from a revenue perspective, as far as like, the, you know, a cable television map with the SEC network and anything, I don't know. There's not a team reason at all. And then you even if you expand it out and look at it from all of those geographic and stuff, I, I, don't, I don't see any advantages left to add anything or anyone. I, I, it would surprise me. And honestly, I hope they don't. I think it's going to be an incredible conference. It already is. And just adding teams like Texas and Oklahoma are just going to be that much more. All right. So before we go into our, our pick'ems from last week, and we want to give a pick'em update. Thank you for all of those who are making picks week in and week out. Um, Paper Anchors is, is once again at the top of the leaderboard. So shout out to Paper Anchors. Uh, hostage football fans still doing well. Papes Picks hanging in there. I want to give a special mention to N.E. Lack. Now, she, she got into the, the game a little late, but her record is 16-4. and four. That's phenomenal. 
I think we found one of the people we need to be asking for advice. <laughs> if you can, I mean, to pick eight out of 10 in two weeks, that's pretty incredible. I tell you, that's somebody that knows football and we probably need to have her on as a guest sometime. Uh, probably so. Probably so. And also I tell you another person to give a quick shout out to is Matt H. Uh, he had uh, spent quite a bit of time at the leaderboard, leaderboard, top of the leaderboard, and then had a week where there weren't any picks strong uh, and has, has started to pick back up and move back up spots. So glad to, after that week off, glad he, he's come back and, and jumped back in again as well. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And be sure uh, to check that out. Uh, we'll post the link again uh, on, the, uh, on our Twitter account uh, later this week. So let's talk about some uh, big games from last week. Um, Alabama, Tennessee, Ole Miss, LSU were two of the games that that we thought, hey, those are some games that that we need to talk about. Uh, Alabama, Tennessee, uh, boy, Saban looked frustrated in the first half. Oh, he really did. Tennessee came out to play, and as you were watching that, Darren, and I hate the final score, 52-24, to me was not indicative. I thought Tennessee – gave Alabama a game. I thought they made it competitive. Um, what what were some of your thoughts? I, I think they really – Tennessee really gave them a first half. Uh, you know, going into the halftime, it's it's a one-score game. Uh, and in the third quarter, obviously, uh, it, it really – they really continued to hang with them. But you could also see some things starting to happen. Uh, in the way Alabama was moving versus some of the things that were happening for Tennessee. And I think ultimately part of what happened in the fourth quarter is just Alabama was too much. And then, of course, that's ultimately, you know, Alabama put four scores up in the fourth quarter uh, and it scored more in one quarter than they had the entire uh, the previous three quarters. And that's when things really fell apart for Tennessee. But I think they Alabama just wore uh, Tennessee down. Uh, you can't can't help but see that Josh Heupel is, is doing a, a great job there, or it seems to be so far. Um, but, but you could really see that in the fourth quarter, the, the depth and the talent that Alabama had just really took over the game at that point. Certainly if you are a Tennessee fan, there is a lot of reason to be optimistic about the future. Josh Heupel Tennessee may have found their coach. Uh, you know, I know there's been that thought before, and Tennessee has gone through a lot of coaches, a lot of heartache, but it looks like they got a good one in Josh Heupel. And, and you know, I think the interesting thing is, is I think you're right, uh, and it sure could be the case. But, you know, their last two or three hires um, have, have been, oh, this from the very beginning, oh, this is the guy. You know, he, he's associated with this. He's done this here. He's, you know, he's worked under Saban, whatever. And, and there was just, just immediate excitement outside of that one. There was that one kind of up and down process of, of getting to Jeremy Pruitt. But, you know, this time there was a, seemed to be a lot of negative reaction. And it's interesting that, that things are going the, the, the way they are and, and proving himself as of right now. Yeah, Darren, and if we're going to be honest about it, Tennessee for a number of years has been a dumpster fire. It's the the, the, so. met, the program has been in so much disarray. It's been painful to watch a, a school that's so proud of their football legacy. Uh, and I, I, I'm really happy 
for them right now that um, I, I think they've got their coach. Well, uh, they have been a dumpster fire. You will not hear me say I'm happy about anything at Tennessee other than them losing. Uh, but I'm glad Josh Heupel seems to be a nice guy, and I'm glad things are going well for him. How's is that? Is that fair? Is that? <laughs> No one ever said this was an objective show. So. <laughs> I can be objective about a lot of things, but it really comes. I, I, I have my limits when it comes to Tennessee. I can only go so far. Yeah, I agree. So another game we wanted to talk about was Ole Miss and LSU. Uh, Ole Miss won this 31-17. LSU's woes on offense continue. They even made a quarterback change in the game. Look, Lane Kiffin – is having a great year. One loss to Alabama. That was it. One hiccup so far. And Matt Corral is definitely someone that we need to talk about in the Heisman Trophy uh, race. And and I would actually put him above Bryce Young at Alabama right now. I think what he means to his team uh, is so great. Uh, but as you were as you were watching this game, we know LSU is a train wreck uh, this season, and you could say last season as well. Um, Ole Miss trending upward, LSU not so much. Um, what did you see in, in this game? Well, the first thing that you couldn't help, and to me the biggest thing that really stood out is obviously there were quarterback issues. As you said, they made the change. But all the, the thing that, that amazed me the most was the rushing game. Just absolutely uh, comparative to where it was two weeks ago, just absolutely disappearing. Uh, they Barely. Well, actually, their two running backs barely got over 100 yards rushing, but with the way that, that rushing uh, yards are, are tabulated in, in college statistics uh, with, with the negative uh, yards from quarterbacks, they ended up being under 100 yards rushing. I, and, and obviously, that's a testament uh, in part to Ole Miss's defense, but also at the, at the same time, I think it just tells you, as you said, the continuous woes of the up and downs of, of LSU football. One week, it, it, you know, uh, Davis Price is is a running back, uh, just a machine. And, and the next week, it, it looks like a hole never opens for any running back. Uh, and, and it's just, and of course, you're, you're paying, you know, different defenses, different schemes. But, but also that part of that has to go on the offensive scheme as well. And I think you could really see that. Yeah. And I agree with you completely. And so um, it just reminds us all of how important a decision it is for the athletic director at LSU, um, Scott Woodward, to make a really good hire uh, because um, that program has the resources, they get the talent, and it's just not working right now. But congratulations no. to Ole Miss for another win. Uh, the lane train continues to roll, and we will be watching that with with much interest. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about some other games from last week that were a part of our pick em. And uh, one of those that I found surprising was Cincinnati escaping Navy. That one was really surprising. Uh, and we talked about how Navy, you know, could control the, the, the ball could slow down the game. Uh, but, you know, felt like that Cincinnati would be able to uh, overcome that uh, because of the um, – how potent their offense is. 
but it really was uh, surprising that they ended up looking the way they did, struggling the way they did. Uh, you, you know, that, that first half was very, very, very evenly matched. Then they came out in the third quarter, uh, looked like they were kind of, kind of take over and, and really had an opportunity to, to, to kind of put the pedal on the guy, put their foot on the gas and, and, and really take control of the game and, and did not. Uh, to me, that was one of the things that gave me a little bit of a, uh, oh, oof, wait a minute. This is number two in the country. You're going to have hiccup games. Things are going to happen. But when you get it corrected, you also see teams that are ranked number two in the country when they're going up against an unranked team uh, that's not a rivalry. Uh, you know, so there's not even an emotional you know connection to the game. They get it righted. They take over and they leave no doubt. And that really just never they, – they hung on to win basically. Uh, and that was really surprising, as you said, to watch. Yes. And I think in the newest AP poll, Cincinnati is number two. And their performance about against Navy has really raised some questions. I know that uh, Paul Feinbaum, uh, I was listening to him, and uh, he just – he absolutely does not believe Cincinnati is one of the top four teams in the country. And this week, I believe they're going down to New Orleans to play Tulane, which might prove to be another test for them. But, but certainly that performance against Navy was flat and uninspired and not what you would expect from a team angling to be in the college football playoff. No, and and they don't have room for that. Like you said, they're angling, uh, and, and you've got uh, they're trying to prove their their value that they bring to a college playoff, and it, it's already an uphill battle. But then when you have performances like this, and and, and you know you've got your Paul, Paul Fine bombs, and you they aren't afraid to say, hey, you're you're not playing, you're not playing worthy of your spot, basically, and, and they just can't. They can't afford to have that happen and um, still look at trying to make, make the playoff. I think to, this game this week could be scary, like you said, but I think they have to find a way to make this a statement game, to absolutely put it on Tulane. We will wait and see come Saturday. Uh, and. Now, a very another game that was shocking, at least for me, the the scoring was Wake Forest <laughs> and Army, a final of seventy to fifty six, with Wake Forest pulling it out. Darren, did you see this coming? Uh, no. If if uh, during our conversation last week about this game, if either one of us would have said out loud, "Oh, they'll have twelve hundred yards total offense combined," uh, the other one would have, without hesitation, laughed and and pointed and laughed to to make fun. Now, I don't think any anybody saw that coming. Uh, a score of seventy to fifty six, twelve hundred yards uh, of total offense. You know, Dave Clawson said after the game. And that may be the most perfect offensive game we've ever played. <laughs> Defense obviously lacks a little bit to be a, to, to be desired, but offensively, it was just about a perfect game. So I, I guess, really, honestly, that's about the truth of it. If you put seventy points up, you're doing something right. Certainly, that game was the antithesis of the Penn State Illinois game: nine overtimes <laughs> and a score of twenty to eighteen. Uh, Absolutely. 
over in the ACC, well, we're, we're in the ACC with Wake Forest, but another game in the ACC, uh, Pitt-Clemson. Clemson continues the free fall. Pitt pulls out a 27-17 win. Darren, I want to get excited about this Pitt team, but I keep going back to that Western Michigan loss, and I'm really struggling. Is this team for real? Can they compete uh, with the top teams? You know, and you look at their other – look at their wins. Uh, Some nice wins. Uh, And honestly, in a a different year, this Clemson win would be an incredible win, but that's just not the case this year. That that Western Michigan is just tough. Uh, I think – to have any real conversation, they're going to have to really continue to win and, and get to a, a conference championship and pull uh, either. I think they have to pull it out. I don't even think a strong showing uh, just strictly because that is such a, a, a an ugly loss. Um, and they've got some opportunities for some nice wins as, as we start to, you know, reach the back half of this or we're in the back half of the schedule. But they're going to have to make those wins. They just like we were talking about with Cincinnati, they do not have room for stumble. Uh, with that kind of loss on your resume, there there is no room for a stumble. You you've got to really they've got to win out. I, I think. So Pitt uh, playing well, uh, which verdict's still out on them. But let's talk about uh, real quick, Darren. I want to hear your opinion on Dabo Sweeney at. Clemson Uh, that program is in bad shape right now and so does Dabo start listening to offers is there any chance that someone like an LSU might reach out to Dabo to gauge his interest and does he does he listen or does he just say nope I'm, I'm staying at Clemson well you know it's interesting with someone like Dabo and 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 the, the image that he projects and, and what you see from him, I can see him uh, having the kind of personality uh, that says, I, I'm going to ride this out. We're going to make this happen. We're going to be okay. Uh, Cause they're still four and three and they're still three and two in the conference. But no matter how we tough skin or thick skin coaches uh, appear and talk about being, if you've had some really, really good years like Dabo has had, and then in the first kind of a down year, it just gets overly ugly. Uh, and, 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 you know, the silly stuff that you hear fans, I haven't heard any of this about, about Dabo Sweeney, but, you know, moving signs, being put in coaches' yards and stuff. It, it, that stuff can wear on somebody, especially if you feel like you're in the middle of a year that's an exception. So if they continue to kind of free fall as they are, even though they have a winning record, it's still been a very, very tough season where they just really haven't put anything together uh, offensively or defensively. Um, If the noise gets really loud, you know, if if I'm the LSU AD, uh, is it Scott Wolford, then I am – I, I'm at least going to make a phone call, I think. And I probably would not even consider doing that this time a year ago. Uh, but, but I think I at least make a phone call and see if he'll listen. It will be very interesting to see. Yes. So moving on to our next game, and this is the game that uh, you alluded to at the beginning, uh, Iowa State and Oklahoma State. Iowa State pulls out the win in Ames 24-21. to 21. 
I believe it's the first time that Oklahoma State has lost in Ames since 2011. Uh, so a little bit of a shocker. Some people had written off Iowa State uh, early on, but now they are tied for second place in the Big 12, and they still have a, a date with Oklahoma coming up. And so um, going to be very interesting to see how the Big 12 plays out. This, this is actually pretty exciting. Uh, it's going to be exciting to watch. I, I tell you, they are uh, they are very much making it interesting, uh, even with your your Oklahomas, you know, sitting there at five and zero. Oh and but Iowa State is making the whole thing very very, very interesting. The Big Twelve, as I said, even with Oklahoma at five and zero, oh, because I don't think anybody thinks that's a, an untouchable five and zero. Oh. If you watch some of the defensive struggles that they've had, uh, I, I think they're they're a beatable five and zero. Oh. Uh, team. Oh, they struggled at Kansas. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, so I, I, I think they're 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 showing themselves as a beatable five and zero. So the Big Twelve is very interesting. Uh, and obviously, I was one of those people that that did not uh, give Iowa State and Matt Campbell uh, the uh, credit that they deserved. And uh, yeah, that didn't work out real well. Uh, but but I, I think they have some some potential to really. Uh, to, to make some noise uh, and, and, you know, uh, I know we've got some other games to talk about, but, but come from a conference perspective, I think the big 12 and the big 10 both are shaping up to have some interesting races. It's going to be fun to watch both of those. Cause yes. a lot of questions are going to be answered in the next few weeks, particularly uh, in the big 10, which is a perfect segue to our week nine pick em picks. Um, as we look over the, uh, the upcoming games and so what do you say, Darren, you want to just dive right into these? I say we dive in and go. All right. A huge matchup in the big 10 starting off our Saturday is Michigan ranked number sixth, I believe and Michigan state also in the top 10 at number eight. So, you, there's a lot of speculation with Mel Tucker at Michigan State, the, the coach there, that is, is LSU going to court him? Are they going to reach out to him? Is he going to stay at Michigan State? Seems to be a hot commodity right now. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is, is finally having the season that he's been wanting to have for years. It's, it seems to be coming together <laughs> for him. Huge intrastate rivalry. Uh, that one will be up in um, at Michigan State. So, what do you think, Darren? Who you got in this one? I, I tell you, it's really – it's an exciting game for both of them to be in the top ten, both of them undefeated. Uh, Michigan is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, and I, I think this one, you know, the old saying, defense wins championships, I think that's what this is going to come down to. If Michigan can slow down the game, control the line of scrimmage on both sides uh, – then, then I think they have a real chance to, to pull this one out. But I really think it comes down to whoever the winning recipe is controlling the line of scrimmage and shutting down the run. For, so if Michigan State pulls that off and does that to Michigan, Michigan State wins. If, if Michigan pulls that off, shuts down Michigan State's uh, rushing attack, uh, then, then they win. And, and that's, that's where I'm leaning. I, it scares me to go with Michigan because they are just notorious for um, 
doing the exact opposite of, of, of what you think, you know, things are on a roll, here we go. And then they, they drop a loss. Uh, and, so that scares me a little bit, but I, I think Michigan pulls this one off. What, what do you think? I'm going with you on the Michigan pick. I think that this is the year that, that Harbaugh and Michigan, uh, when they face Ohio state, that game is actually going to mean something as far as the national landscape playoff implications it's going to be a huge game. It's already a, a, a yearly rivalry, but there's going to be so much on the line. I've got the Wolverines pulling this win. Okay, how about uh, let's go down south to uh, Waco, Texas, where the uh, – well, I think if you ask people in Austin, they'd say the disappointing Texas Longhorns <laughs> at four and three <laughs> – are traveling to Waco to that beautiful stadium right off of I-35. It's it, Whoever designed that did a magnificent job. Facing the number 16 Baylor Bears at 6-1. and one. Who you got, Darren? Uh, I, I think both teams, uh, this is going to be a game where teams just continue the trajectory of their own. Texas is on a two-game losing skid. Baylor's on a two-game uh, winning streak. And uh, Texas's two wins or two losses rather have been heartbreaking losses. Uh, and I think that eventually just starts to pile up uh, on you. And uh, I, I, I really, I think Baylor, they're only a two and a half point favorite, but I think Baylor pulls this one off. All right. Well, this is where we're going to agree to disagree. I, nice. I, would, prefer to, I would prefer to pick Baylor. I love Dave Aranda as a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's so much riding on the Longhorns. Th- this is going to be a, a make or break game early on in, in Sarkeesian's tenure at Texas, because if you're the head coach of the Texas Longhorns, you do not lose to Baylor. Very so, true. Um, I think he's going to pull out all the stops and try to come out of Waco with a win. So let's go back to the big 10. Uh, we have a big matchup with, uh, Iowa traveling to Madison to face the four and three Wisconsin Badgers. Iowa sitting at, at number nine, I believe in the latest AP poll, they're six and one, uh, one horrible loss, but very good team. Uh, they're going into uh, an atmosphere that you and I have talked before uh, is a very hostile atmosphere. Yes. Wisconsin usually plays well at home. Uh, but they've had some slips this year. So when you look at this game, who are you picking? Well, Wisconsin is better than the record shows, as the old cliche goes, but but I, I think that very much is the case with Wisconsin. However, Iowa is coming off of a bye week, and if I'm Iowa, I'm 6-1. and one. Uh, As you said, that one loss is a tough loss, but I, I'm 6-1. I'm and one. I'm ranked number nine in the country in the AP poll, and I'm going to play Wisconsin, who has had a tough year, uh, that is 4-3, and three, and I'm still – uh, the underdog. About three and a half. I think if I'm Iowa, that puts a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. Uh, and I think uh, that's when they play best. Uh, and, and I think that will make the difference. I think Iowa will, will pull this one out and, and beat uh, Wisconsin. And I will join you in that pick. So both of us going for the Hawkeyes. A Potentially huge game in the SEC. Uh, used to be called, was it the largest cocktail party in the country? Largest and outdoor I'm, cocktail party, I think, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think officials frown on that designation <laughs> now. Probably. But the Georgia Bulldogs, with that incredibly stout defense, will be facing the Florida Gators. And it's an interesting matchup. Florida, uh, Dan Mullins, I, I don't believe, has committed to a quarterback yet. Uh, no. They're sitting at four and three, which is putting some pressure on Mullen. I'm, I, I've heard today, Darren, some rumors that, that Todd Grantham, the D coordinator at Florida, will not be back. Um, does Florida have a chance here? How, how are you seeing this matchup? I, uh, it's interesting that neither, neither coach as of today has committed to a quarterback. You know, Kirby Smart is, is doing the same thing. Uh, he will not say – uh, who his starting quarterback is going to be uh, just that uh, both seem healthy and it's going to come down to performance during practice uh, to see who he starts, uh, which is very strategic, of course. Uh, and both, both of them are doing the same thing, but I think, um, and Todd Grantham, um, as you said earlier, when we were talking about Tennessee, we come to this with our opinions, not necessarily a, a press-related objectivity. Uh, Todd Grantham being gone at the end of this year will be the best thing that's probably happened to Florida since Dan Mullen got there. Uh, that will not hurt my feelings at all. I've, I've never been a fan of Todd Grantham. Uh, I, I, I don't think a lot of there are a lot of people that aren't, uh, and, and I think um, – Georgia is going to show why Ty Grantham should be gone uh, uh, outside of any personality, just strictly from an X and O's on the, on the uh, field. I think Georgia not only wins this game, but, but dominates it. I think they easily cover that 14 point favorite uh, and, and they dominate Florida. All right. So you're seeing a blowout here. Yes. Okay. And, and really, I think Dan Mullen is a terrific coach. I, there's questions about, um, recruiting uh, i think some people are frustrated with his recruiting but certainly you 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 have to appreciate uh his his mind as an offensive coach mm -hmm. but i think he's running into a buzzsaw in georgia and uh, i tend to agree with you I, i'm going with the bulldogs yeah even the world's greatest chess player gets beat every once in a while and he is obviously an offensive genius but man, this defense—that's really going to be an interesting matchup to look at, and how what he tries to do against the Georgia defense, and ultimately I, I, how the Georgia defense stops it. Uh, it's going to be a, a really fun part of that to look at and see how it develops. And another big SEC game uh, that evening is Ole Miss is traveling to Auburn. Uh, Ole Miss at six and one, Auburn at five and two. A surprising five and two, I think. Uh, I agree. What do you think about this game? Honestly, Auburn is favored by two and a half, which to me is a little bit surprising. Uh, but uh, I think it will uh, be a high-scoring game. Uh, both teams are averaging more than six yards per play. Uh, both both teams are, are are high on their offensive yardage. Ole Miss on defense is allowing over 400 yards a game. So I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, could even be a who-has-the-ball-last kind of shootout. Uh, but I, I'm going to stay on the lane train. I think Ole Miss pulls this one out. And I will join you. Save me a, a seat on the lane train. <sighs> Deal. Well, that takes us to another SEC matchup. Uh, the Kentucky Wildcats at six and one 
are heading down to Stark Vegas to face the always entertaining Mike Leach and the Mississippi State Bulldogs, Cowbell Nation. What do you think? I, I think Kentucky uh, continues their winning ways, uh, just to, to, to be pretty uh, uh, simple in the approach to this game. We know what the air raid offense is, but we also know the struggles that Mississippi State has had. Uh, I think Kentucky will bring the defense that will create those issues, and, and Kentucky uh, uh, wins this game. Uh, I think it'll be a close game, uh, but it'll still be a really nice win for Kentucky. I agree with you. They're going to go down, pull out a win. John Calipari is going to keep asking, why isn't anybody talking about basketball? <laughs> Everyone's talking about basketball by now. Why is everybody you, focused on football? You guys do know we had Midnight Magic, right? <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> or Midnight Madness, sorry. And, and another intriguing matchup uh, Saturday evening is the number 19th ranked SMU Mustangs at 7-0, one of the undefeated teams in the country, traveling to Houston to face the Cougars who are sitting at six and one. What do you think, Darren? Well, can we agree to call this game the who can get Texas Tech's attention bowl? Do you think that's an appropriate name? (laughs) Because I think that may be, I think that this may be a little bit of an audition game uh, for for Dana Holgerson (laughs) and for Sonny Dykes. So just, just throwing that out there, (laughs) those would be two names I think that would come up. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I am really enjoying SMU, and I think SMU uh, is going to win this one. I think they're going to pull this one out. And and I like SMU as well, and certainly it helps Cincinnati if SMU keeps winning because they, they have a game coming up. Yes. But I think Dana Holgerson may reach into his bag of tricks and find a way to pull out a victory. I'm actually going to go with the upset here. I'm going to go with the Houston Cougars. Nice. That's a good. That's. I, I think that's a real pick 'em kind of game. That, that's a. That's a great. That'll be fun to watch. I think. Yeah, I agree. This is going to be a fun game. Yeah. And let's go back to the Big Ten uh, for a, an evening matchup. Penn State coming off that horribly disappointing loss to Illinois, um, a game in which I think three points were the only points scored in the second half before overtime. Right. So. Penn State's got a lot to write, but James Franklin is a master motivator when his teams are the underdogs, and they're going into Columbus. And after what happened last week, I'm not sure anybody thinks they have a chance, but they're going up against a very good Ohio State Buckeyes team. So who you got here, Darren? You know, when, when James Franklin gets that look in his eye and says, we did not prepare our guys to win, that is a very uh, – it's going to be a long week of practice. Uh, it's going to be a lot of motivation. And I think it's he's going to do enough to make it an interesting game. But ultimately, Ohio State is averaging 8.3 yards per play. Penn State is at 4.9 yards per play. Uh, I think Ohio State's offense wins out. Uh, even though their wins you know, have been over not very highly ranked teams, uh, they still, uh, in all their wins, are averaging are, – are scoring 40 points or more, four of them 50 points or more. Uh, and I think Ohio State, uh, I'm surprised that they're an 18-and-a-half-point favorite, but I do I do think they pulled this one out. I think they're going to be celebrating in Columbus. I will join you picking the Buckeyes. Okay, real quick, uh, Virginia, BYU, 
six and two, six and two teams. Who you got, Darren? I'm going to go with Virginia on this one. All right. And I think I'll go with BYU. We're, we're disagreeing today. I'm more <laughs> concerned about this. Well, we went two and two. We disagreed on four last week, and, and we're two and two. So we'll, we'll see how that works out this week. In, in our last uh, game in the pick'em for this week, Fresno State uh, traveling to number 21-ranked San Diego State Aztecs. I was not a big believer in San Diego State. I picked against them last week. They proved me wrong. Um, Darren, who you got here? If there is a such thing as a Brady Hope train, then I'll jump on it. I'm going to go with San Diego State. And once again, when it comes to trains, I am joining you for the trip. So, <laughs> so save me a seat, Darren. We'll ride on the train together and debate the games we didn't agree on. How's that? So. <laughs> Perfect. So looking at this upcoming weekend, what's, what's your sure thing, Darren? My sure thing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Baylor over Texas. I, I think that's oh. a sure thing, and Baylor pulls that one off. All right, and I forgot to mention we are going into four-down territory. Four-down so, territory. So you've got your sure thing is Baylor beating Texas. Yes. All right. I'm going to go with Ole Miss coming out of Auburn with a victory. Okay. How about your upset? I'm going to uh, – NC State let me down, so and so I'm going to pick on them. I think Louisville is going to surprise NC State and upset them. I know that's not one of the games in the pick that we talked about, but uh, I, I think Louisville ma- makes that happen and, and continues NC State's troubles with, with a Louisville win. And I'm going to stick with Houston pulling off the upset against SMU. Uh, how about your brown bag? All right, I'm going to change up the definition a little bit. It's not going to be it's not going to be this embarrassing like 50 to nothing loss. But I think uh I'm going to give my brown bag pick this week to Boise State. I think they're going to lose to Colorado State. This is the Colorado State that has losses to Vanderbilt and FCS South Dakota State. I, I think Colorado State is going to pull off a, a big upset, and the Boise State fans are going to be looking for a brown bag because they can't believe it. Oh, goodness. Goodness, goodness. <laughs> All right. Well, I thought about this for a while, and, and, and at first I thought I'm going to give the brown bag to Florida State and Clemson, two programs that have – tumbled drastically off of the mountain yes but i think i'm i'm going to settle on arizona at it's just i don't know what's happening in tucson uh, but you know they're they've yet to win a game and it's 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 getting painful to watch and so i think arizona wildcat fans are going to be counting down the days to basketball season yes definitely all right, so one more uh, category left in our four-down territory. And, Darren, what did you find for the post-game quote of the week? I think I'm going to go with uh, uh, a post-game quote that's not necessarily a, a funny quote, but it is, it is Nick Saban being Nick Saban at his finest. At the end of the Alabama game, the ESPN reporter, I don't remember her name, uh, as soon as the game is over, they've won this, you know, it's a, a great rivalry win, and she wants to, to she ask him about mental miscues at the start of the second half. 
And he kind of looked at her funny. And then he said, look, we beat Tennessee today. So I'm really happy about that. These people are really, really happy. And he pointed to all the crowd. These people are really, really happy we beat Tennessee. And I'm really happy we beat Tennessee. So let's just enjoy the win. <laughs> so he just completely shut the, thing, the whole thing down and said, we beat Tennessee. Let's just enjoy it. And I think that's just Nick Saban being Nick Saban. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's spot on. Great, great pick for postgame quote of the week. Darren, you always come through with a great one. So, hey, uh, another show, I think we've just got this one about in the books. And so I hope you're all looking forward to watching the games this weekend. And once again, as we do every episode, I must include my tirade against the NCAA scheduling college football games on Friday nights. I absolutely refuse to talk about any games that are played on a Friday night because Friday nights belong to high school football. So go out, support your local high school, support those kids whose many of their names will never be in lights. They'll never be known to be some great football player at a D1 level. They're playing for the love of the game. There's nothing like it. Go out and support them. Listen to the band, support the band, the cheerleaders, dance line, everything. Just just be a part of your community Friday night. Make Friday night football a habit. Go, go see a live high school game for sure. And then watch the games on Saturday and join us every Tuesday morning at 6 o'clock for a new episode of the podcast where we recap what's happened and we preview the weekend ahead. So thank you again for listening. Hope you have a great weekend watching college football. We'll see you on Tuesday. Have a great week, everyone.